It is my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, you've got all three of us, Jeff, Marissa, and Diego, and we're going to be talking about the top mistakes to avoid as being a digital nomad. But before we get started in that, let's go around the room and where is everybody today, starting with Diego. Yeah, not not very exciting today. I'm back home in, in Germany. I was visiting my parents here for Christmas, and so quick stop over here. But we'll be heading out pretty soon again to, to go skiing soon with uh, with a bunch of people working remotely. So yeah, looking forward to that. Not not true. Christmas time in Germany is actually pretty exciting, I would say. I do look forward to it every year. Yes, because for me, it's almost it's really how I have a holiday because I really you know we're traveling so much and it's part of work and everything. So it's it's kind of a, a really nice cozy thing to be able to go back home every year. Do you do Krampus? What is Krampus? What is that? Kramp Krampus is a Christmas monster. It's actually I'm surprised you don't know about that. It's actually a German <laughs> thing and there's a celebration that they do. I think it might actually be more in Cologne. I think it actually is in Cologne where they have a big celebration in the streets and everybody dresses up as Krampus, which looks like this big demon with horns and this big scary face. And um the legend is Krampus exists to scare children into being good. So it's like the opposite of Santa Claus. And if you're not good, Krampus will eat you. And so they walk up and down the street with their kids. And if the kids are not good, they will throw the kids near these Krampus dressed up people. Very, very scary <laughs> tradition. This is a Germany-based tradition? I think it was in Cologne. My friend, friend Sabrina and, and Kati went to it in Cologne. And it was this big street celebration everybody's dressed up as Krampus and they're scaring their children with Krampus how am um, I learning about this now I'm literally just going on Wikipedia. I don't know <laughs> this is incredible derailed us completely yeah look up Krampus <laughs> very very odd <laughs> tradition sorry Marissa where are you today yeah, I'm in Costa Rica, which is really exciting. And if my audio does not sound great today, guys, I made one of the all-time digital nomad mistakes. I left my computer charger at home, which I have never done in like years and years and years of traveling. I'm borrowing someone else's computer and it doesn't have a USB port for my microphone. So my audio might be a little weird. Learn your lesson from me. Always bring your charger. I had to hire a hire. I had to find a friend of a friend who is coming down to Costa Rica today, actually. I've been here a week already, so I will have a computer charger again <laughs> later today. I'm super excited, but yes, ultimate digital nomad error. <laughs> Perfect mistake for today's podcast. I appreciate it. It's almost <laughs> like you planned it for the podcast. I appreciate it. Almost like the I did. dedication. I, wish I could say that, but to the, to, to I'm the just company. dedicated to Beach Commute Podcast, guys. Jeff, where are you today? I got to Barcelona about a week and a half ago or so and eating good. It's it's winter here. For some reason, I thought Spain was warm all the time. That was kind of stupid, <laughs> but it's great. I love Barcelona. It's a good time. I'm going, I didn't tell you, but I'm going to Cape Town in a week and a half for the first Woo! time, finally. 
Yeah, a lot of folks down With there. With the whole world of digital nomads. I feel like I know 25 people down there right it now. seems the like it. <laughs> yeah, very, very exciting. I'm excited to go for my first time. Finally, as a digital nomad, which seems to be one of the staples alongside Bali, which I've also not been to. Bad digital nomad. Bad, bad, bad. Bad digital nomad. Um, well, we can't wait to hear what... I can't wait to hear what you think of Cape Town. I'm so, I, I, I don't really know it. I think you'll like it. I know you will, but I'm curious like uh-huh. what you what you think of it. We, well, I'll give you a full rundown on a podcast. We'll get it raw for the audience and everything. Sounds good. Well, let's um, jump in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, Marissa, would you take, what is the first mistake that you can make as a digital nomad and how would you avoid it? Yeah. All right. Number one, we've got booking a bad location with your Airbnb or hotel or just a bad Airbnb in general. I'm going to kind of like merge these together. Just basically booking a place that's not ideal. To me, I don't know, especially for me, not everyone cares as much, but my living environment is super, super important to me. I like to work from home. So I spend a lot of time in whatever location I I book. And it's really nice when you're near, you know, walkable to a gym or the places you want to be or a safe place or, you know, there's so many, so many things that go into it. We've talked about how to, how to find a place to book, but I would say a couple of quick tips just to make sure you're booking the right thing. And then guys definitely jump in with any other quick tips as well is one, Google, listen to our podcast or just ask around, but do some research about what the best place is in the city or town or country that you're going to, to live as a digital nomad. It's yeah. Just based on what's important to you, I would say, do you want, what do you want to live near? Do you want to be walkable? What do you, yeah, just everyone has different criteria, but do your research beforehand to make sure that you're in the right location And even as Cape Town, for an example, I think I asked Diego when I was booking, because I know that in some cities, you know, even being three streets over from a main street where you want to be can be like up a super high hill or, you know, in a kind of sketchy area, like literal blocks can make a difference. So try to do some research, ask a friend, ask, yeah, listen to the podcast. We talk a lot about that, but that's number one. And then also just do your due diligence with pictures. Sometimes you can get fooled on Airbnb, but do your best to like kind of check other resources, read the reviews really carefully. Sometimes it might be like, this place was awesome, but there was so much noise till 5 a.m. every night, whatever that is, just read the reviews. If it has no reviews, be careful, be mindful, ask around, or you can also land in a place first for a couple of days and, and visit firsthand. Anything else you guys want to add to that one? If you've probably had a few experiences here that I'd have been a little bit more more scarring if you want to add anything to that. All I'll say is, yeah, it does help to so really ask yourself what it is that you're looking for and what what's important to you. Some people can sleep with more noise. Some some need it to be really, really quiet. So those are things that you are going to see through throughout the reviews as well. Marissa, I loved your recommendation of spending a night or two somewhere. If there is any way that you can afford doing that in terms of just hopping in and kind of like staying there for two nights and it doesn't stress you out to not have your accommodation sorted for the next two weeks, because that, of course, is the downside of that. I do prefer that because that way you're optimizing for two things. First of all, A, you know that you like the location and B, you know that um, the accommodation is going to be okay as well. And then you can extend it. And worst case scenario, you just have to get yourself another place. But now you're on the ground and it's a little bit easier to do that. You might even want to sort of take three days just so that you don't have to think about moving right away. But yeah, Jeff, any other thoughts there? My top thing going along with your living, like having a nice living environment, because I also work from home quite a bit, is light. And a lot of times you can get mm-hmm. deceived by, excuse me, how much light a place has, especially on Airbnb. I mean, you've got some really expert photographers on there and they can make it look <laughs> like there's a, there's a 
a sun ball. There's there's the sun in the actual apartment, and meanwhile, it's like a cave. So it's uh, I, what I would do. My recommendation is just ask for additional photos. Like say, hey, I need a few more of this room or this room. Like wherever you're going to be staying, wherever you're going to be working the most. Make sure you've got plenty of light in there because it is miserable when you're in a cave. Yeah. And even just, I would say just from the pictures, you can generally tell, like, look at the windows. If you don't see windows, like, in the rooms and places, it seems silly, but it's, yeah, just kind Good of tip. look for that. Good um, tip. All right. Should we go to number two? Yeah. Diego, Jeff, what... why don't you kick us off with number two? Oh. oh, you want me to take it? I want you because you've made the worst mistake with this one. Booking a place with bad Wi-Fi. I've had that happen ooh, quite a few times. And most notably... <laughs> he doesn't learn. <laughs> in it, Has it been... <laughs> yeah, no. Italy is the one that stands out the most for me. That's where I had the most problems. Usually I've got a backup on a backup on a backup plan. And one of those is going to work. Like not every single one of those is going to fail. But Italy... Every single, like, I fell through every safety net. Like, <laughs> just everything that I did didn't work. The house didn't work. The MiFi device, we extended up on a pole through the roof onto the ceiling and connected to the MiFi device. Sorry, on the roof. <laughs> that didn't work. I went to cafes and they crashed because there's too many digital nomads because the infrastructure sucked so bad. I was left with nothing. And then the co working spaces were like miles away and prohibitively expensive in that instance it wasn't as much booking an airbnb as it was like book a different city <laughs> so, but it's still in, in the same theme yeah do your research beforehand and you can use nomadlist.com and it'll show you average uh, internet speeds for any given city and you can kind of calibrate around that you can kind of start to get an idea of like what it's going to be for an airbnb and then the second tip when you're booking an airbnb just message the host and say send me your download speeds and they'll send you generally they'll send you a screenshot of it and if they don't it's probably because they're really bad and don't book that obviously but make sure you get a good upload and download speed and if it's enough for what you need to do you know, base it on what you need to do. Do you need to do a bunch of calls? You need to do a bunch of calls, get at least 10 down and at least five up, something like that. And then you'll be good to go. Yeah. So hopefully learned my lesson on that one. Did <laughs> Diego, what have you got for number three? Yeah, I'm going to see if I can just add a few more things to that kind of. So obviously part of what we do with, with Wi-Fi Tribe is we, we've been traveling around for now the last seven years and we're constantly looking for accommodations where obviously also Wi-Fi needs to be good enough so that we can all work from there. And so that is, it's an ongoing process every single month of finding, you know, up to five destinations per month that we go to. And there's Wi-Fi is Wi-Fi's a tricky one because you can ask the landlord for a speed test and they're going to give you something, which is a snapshot in time. And that might tell you, okay, well, the speed is fast enough, which is already sort of one box that you want to tick. But then the other problem with, with Wi-Fi is also just the stability. And that's very, no one's going to show you that. No one's going to tell you that. And you're only going to find out once you're there, once you're doing your first call and suddenly your calls are dropping, right? And that is more frustrating than actually slow speeds. So that's another one to be aware of that. Frankly, the only way you're really going to figure that one out is if there are reviews, you're going to be able to read about it. Otherwise, it's, you know, you're going to have to get there, test it out, and you can sometimes work with a landlord to try to get it figured out. But often we've just realized that you have to put a lot of pressure on to to get changes done. And then those changes do take a while, right? You know this from your own home. If you've ever had to set up the internet with the internet service provider, it's a nightmare to get them to come over and fix something. Now imagine how it is as you're as you're traveling around. 
So if this is your first time that you're going to, or, you know, one of the early times that you're going to be traveling around and, and planning to work there, I'd really recommend hit a place up where you know that there's a co-working space nearby. It's so easy to find. Just, just look online, Google Maps before you decide in the, in the area that you're going to be staying at. And then worst case scenario, you know, you have the solid backup that you can go to, right? The other thing maybe also is to just bring, bring along a, so I rely on mobile data a lot. That is really my, you know, it's a huge, huge backup. Whenever anything goes down, you can buy a local SIM card and top it up, or you can bring along a MiFi device. It's like one of those pocket Wi-Fi's and they're smaller than a phone typically. And you can either get something like Skyroam, which is sort of, uh, sort of a subscription plan for global data. It's a bit more expensive, or you can just get the local SIM card, put it in one of those devices. And typically, unless you're in Florence, where, where Jeff struggled to, to make even that part work, usually that is a, a fail safe and you get the best internet from that. But yeah, I that kind of covers it for me. I made a grave mistake in assuming you didn't have more to add to that situation. Knowing you way <laughs> too well, that is something that you should have... There's a company called Wi-Fi Tribe. That mm. is what they do. Indeed. <laughs> Those are great pieces of advice. I won't go on. We could do a whole episode, but let's let's pop to number three. Diego, you want to kick that one off? Sounds awesome. Yeah. So um, then... The, the third mistake we got here is missing technology that you might need in order to be productive. And now I, I think we can all just kind of go around and say where we've messed up on, in our own sort of travels here. But I know that if if I so I lost my my headphones the the other day, somebody actually unfortunately mis, misplaced them. So I'm going to I'm going to shift the blame away. But yeah, as, as soon as that happened, I realized that that was a, a major thing that sort of kept me productive and not having access to that was a was a big deal. So if I had to ever go on a trip and not have that long, that would probably be a, a problem for me. Yeah, what is it for you guys that's the most important one in terms of productivity? I think, Marissa, you might have a good one here. <laughs> Bring your computer charger. Too soon? <laughs> helps to be productive. Too soon. It helps. It does. It helps when you can actually do your work on your own computer. Moba Diego, I bring, I always laugh at myself because every time I like go into my purse or backpacks or bags when I travel, I've got like 15 pairs of headphones because I misplace, even if it's just for the day, I'm like, where did I put it? I need, yeah, so many headphones. Bring your computer, bring your computer charger. Bring a backup computer charger in case it stops working. Cell phone. I also bring a bunch of different chargers. And I always bring several different of those like world converter little like cubes, I guess you want to call them. That's sometimes an important mine just one. will stop working so that you can always plug. I would say those are the main things. If you like your phone is charged, you have a phone or computer and your computer's charged and headphones. You can I mean there's other things I like, but that's that's the gist of it. Jeff, do you have anything to add? Headphones for sure. I've got two sets, one for my calls, the one that I'm wearing the AirPods for the calls because they're great for that. And then the Bose over the ear headphones, just because it sends a signal, don't talk to me while I'm working is a big one. And also like, it's also just kind of puts me in the zone. So those are really helpful. And then just a notebook. All I have is just like a notebook to handwrite. Not technology. Do you know where I'm from? Do you have a, <laughs> do you have a digital notebook? I'm from the... Uh, <laughs> Jeff is over here drinking a bottle of wine. It's late in Barcelona. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm not drinking a bottle. It's a glass. I'm not an animal. Jesus. <laughs> well, it came from a bottle. This is also one euro wine, by the way. One uh, euro and 19 cents in Spain. Oh, is Diego drinking wine too? You guys are guys, I'm hydrating. I got a, got a good tasty glass of water guys. over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope this episode gets more fun as this goes on. I love this. All right. That's the technology. Can we move to number four? Right. What do we got here? We not researching safety concerns. I'll take number four. I would say is like not as much of a joking matter. It's pretty serious. If you don't understand where it is that you're going for and, and 
kind of calibrate to the area, you could run into problems. And I've known people that have had things stolen from them. I've I've heard of friends like getting into physical harm. You really, really need to research where you're going. And there's a couple ways to do that. First, obviously, Google everything. If you're going on a trip to your first place, understand the place that you're going to. Get a look at the neighborhoods too. Research where are the safe neighborhoods where are the more dangerous neighborhoods? Also, we, we keep going on and on about this, but ask people that have been there. It's a really, really good reason. Maybe the best resource. Like, ask us. Send us a, a note, hello at beachcommute.com. If we haven't been there, we probably know someone that's been there, and we can help you out. We can tell you, like, which spaces that you should avoid, which spaces you should be cautious, and which spaces are, are fairly safe. To, to walk around and then also just lastly using using good city judgment especially if you're in a new place like assume you're I always assume that when you're in a new place you're in a big city and act accordingly just don't walk around with your cell phone out don't walk around with it like hanging out of your pocket you know don't walk around looking lost and confused like a baby deer just kind of have good presence of mind to know that you you could be taken advantage of. That one I'm, I'm pretty serious about because I, I just brought my brother to Columbia and he kind of didn't know what he was doing and I, I didn't want anything bad to happen to them and I don't want anything bad to happen to, to listeners. So yeah, that one, just do a lot of research and use, use good judgment. Anybody else have anything else to add to that one? I have a quick thing. Maybe it's more of a female thing, but before I get that, I, I do, if I'm going somewhere new that's pretty just questionable or just I don't know where I'm going I haven't been there before I try to arrive in the daytime so that I'm not like in the middle of the night getting to an Airbnb or an airport or something like that I feel like whenever I travel with males they're like you do what so maybe you guys don't think about that as much it's a good um, one but it's a yeah, really good one. yeah and then the other thing I always try to do on the way from the airport is ask a taxi driver or someone at the whoever I'm riding with to say you know are there any places I should avoid or be mindful of because every place really does have different rules like South Africa like you just do not walk at night almost anywhere and you don't or you know in Cape Town you you do not have your phone out you don't do anything whereas Bali you could be walking around with your phone out but if it's sitting in your like console of your scooter while you're driving someone might snatch it right like there's just different kind of nuances everywhere so the more you ask around you'll start to learn I'll just kind of leave it at that but don't I you know be mindful when you google like don't there's going to be a zillion things don't let it scare you away from not going anywhere I will go to almost any country in the world it's just like learn learn the rules the road be safe, you know, make sure we've, we've got some episodes on safety, but just, yeah, kind of be mindful. Maybe Diego, maybe if you wouldn't mind just taking a minute on taxi safety too, because I do know that you know a little bit about that too. I think there's certain taxi companies that you should be aware of when you go to certain countries, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's actually an interesting one because again, I'm, I'm half German, half Bolivian, and, and in Bolivia, it's a little bit strange there that you've got these two different taxi systems: one that's sort of just the informal taxi, and the other one that's something that they call a radio taxi. And the radio taxi is the one where they say, "Well, this is safe" because it's you know there's certain companies that are putting their their name behind it, and the other ones are the informal ones that you should probably avoid, as especially as a tourist. And I'm just giving Bolivia here as an example because th- this is the kind of stuff that you want to be aware of as as you're going in to understand what the honestly just understand what the systems are like. What are the transport systems like? What are the taxi systems like? Do you have Uber if you're if you're there? Many people trust Uber a lot, so that's a that's a good way to go as well. One thing I personally love to do is I'll just as soon as I get into the country, I, I try to just understand how the taxi system from the airport to getting to that place is. 
And at, usually it's fine and it's perfectly safe, but I, the last thing I would want is to find myself in a vulnerable situation when I've literally got like my entire tech gear with me, my suitcase, you know, coming from the airport, everybody knows you are a tourist and you've got all of these valuables along with you. So that is the part where I probably want to pay the most attention to, to those kind of things. Right. So and they're very simple. Just you can literally just ask the information desk or anybody at the airport who's official to give you quick advice if you haven't done your research ahead of time. Mm, that's good. And my girlfriend, when she's whenever she's going in a taxi, you can always take the plates and send them to a friend and share your live location, too, which is always good, just in case you don't know about the taxi driver or the company and you're not feeling 100 percent. Send your location. You can even tell a taxi driver, hey, I'm pinning my location to us, like depending on your comfort level. So anything else to add to that? It's a good one. That's a, that's a whole topic. I mean, I think we've done an entire podcast on this. Um, cool. Let's go, Marissa. Let's go to you for number five. Okay, I'm going to read it, but I want you to start because I feel like <laughs> it drives you the most crazy. But number five is a digital nomad. It's just a running theme with us recently is not appreciating the culture of a place. So, Jeff, why don't you kick us off? I, I think it's really, really important when you go to another country to go outside of the Western bubble. If you are coming, if you are coming from the West, of course, don't assume that you're bringing your culture with you. And, and that means try to learn as much as you can of their language, try to learn as much of their their customs, their etiquette, um, just like the way that they do things and try not to just bring your country with you and infuse it into that country as much as possible because it's not it's not your place. You don't own it. You don't get to have it. And it's just flat out rude and it makes digital nomads look pretty bad. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to promote a really a really positive atmosphere with new digital nomads, existing digital nomads and we're and with that, it's appreciating another culture and appreciating that you're in a different place and trying to brace that as much as possible. And I'm doing my best to not get into the the Pergamino yoga studio conversation and getting angry. <laughs> Because I've done it three times like already. Episodes, you'll hear that. I can't. I can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's. A f- I would add just like as an ex- example of that. And then Diego, you could probably like jump in with some because just from Wi-Fi Tribe and things that you guys have done. But I think a good example was Diego and I lived in Oman for a month. And there for most women, it's respectful to have your knees covered and your shoulders covered. And, you know, if I'm living anywhere else, I'll wear a tank top and shorts. It doesn't bother me personally, but I was trying to be respectful of the culture there, which is shocking to them to see that. So that's an example where I would wear pants, even when it's hot or cover my shoulders in places just to be respectful, to fit in with the local culture there, even if it's not your own, just not to disrespect people that's just one example but diego anything else to add yeah i think and i think there's the the obvious stuff as well as like you know even if you go to a restaurant back home how you treat how you treat the waiter how you, how you treat the staff says says a lot about you know how you're showing up in the world and i think the same applies for going to to any other country whether it's whether it is you're at a restaurant or there's somebody who's organizing a tour for you or you're you know going on whatever it is where you're experiencing something and you are doing that with uh, with a local person or a local person there is is providing that service or that experience. I just find it so, so important for us to show them the utmost respect because at the end of the day, like, yeah, we are here as as guests and we have this opportunity to leave a really positive impression also on all of the locals that are welcoming us in. 
because you know at the end of the day how locals feel about tourists and about the rest of the world coming and visiting them is really just the sum of all of the experiences that, that they've had with tourists. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes one bad experience out of, you know, 10 or 20 for someone to feel really, really upset and really negative about about that. So yeah, there's so much that we can all do. And there's so much that we can all do individually that can leave people feel just feeling good, feeling elevated by us, us being there as well and contributing. I think it's very important. Thanks for bringing this one up, guys. I, that was your brainstorm. Loved it. Six. Let's see. So book, booking a round trip ticket. You know what? I actually think I, I can't say too much to that because I am not organized enough to ever book a round trip ticket. But I have a feeling that you guys might have something to say here. <laughs> Don't. I think this is just I I am passionate about this one because I I don't think I have ever booked a round trip ticket as a digital nomad, but I know so many people do. And it seems to make sense, right? When you're booking a flight, it's the way you're used to booking, how you've probably always booked vacations and you know it saves you money typically. So to this, I would say, if you're listening and it seems crazy, you're like, I know I'm going to come home. I know I'm going to do this. You never know what will come up. We have a lot of people who love a place so much that they want to stay an extra two, three, four weeks. Or maybe you meet someone there. You think you're just going to go home, but they're going to this other place nearby. You want to fly home from someone else, somewhere else, or keep traveling for longer than you anticipated. You just never know who you'll meet, where you want to go. What I will say is people have ended up spending so much more money having to book a second ticket, you know, instead of Jeff is, Jeff is one of those people. And so even though you're going to, in your head, you're going to want to book it to save money, you're going to save more money in the long term by just booking the one-way ticket and let yourself be flexible to open yourself up to, you know, experiences and have the freedom to leave and go and come and travel when and where you want, because that is the whole point of being a digital nomad. So it, it feels different, but that's my one of my top mistakes I think a lot of people make. I will, I'd will. i love to chime two. in. <laughs> Just to, I've, I've got one little caveat oh, there that I think is, is worth thinking yeah. about as well. And this, this kind of goes more along the lines of flight hacking and, and really saving money on your flights. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> it, it goes against my nature as well, but I've now done it recently a few times when I knew for sure that I was going to be somewhere for, say, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And I had to hop, especially when you have to hop continents. So it's not a, a, a flight with, you know, just a short one, but rather when it's a longer flight. Then what you can sometimes do is go find the hub that you're flying out of and then the country that you're flying into and take a return flight from the main hub to that country and back again. And then you can fly from that main hub to anywhere you want it to go. So to give you an example of what that might look like in Europe, I'm here in Germany, but maybe my hub is, is Madrid to get to Latin America. So I might take a flight from Madrid to, say, Colombia, back to Madrid again three, four weeks later. And then from Madrid, I know that I can just add on top of that a flight to anywhere in Europe that gets me around really quickly. And sometimes those return flights, Madrid, Latin America, Madrid, for example, literally just cost you $100 more, right? So you can save a lot of money in that. That does mean, though, that you're going to be planning a little bit. And as, as Jeff has done a few times, you might have to miss a few of those flights. But yeah, a little caveat. But then that's a good one because you're just kind of gambling. If it's only $100 extra for a round trip flight, then if you don't get on it, it's like, okay, it's only $100 and you might save yourself $1,000 right, right. because you booked it that way. So yeah, do some, there's a whole thing on flight hacking, but that is a good point. I guess do it if if you're okay canceling it or not getting on it, or it really might save you money or it's changeable sometimes that, you know, that is newer post COVID. So there are some ways, but in general, give yourself like, I guess the lesson is give yourself the freedom and flexibility not to lock yourself in. I one time booked a round trip ticket because it's cheaper than a direct, than a one-way ticket. 
It is possible. Yeah. Technically, you're not <laughs> supposed to. You're not supposed to do that. I don't know if people know yeah, that, but, but you can. They can. You can. I did. I did it. And technically, the airline can come after you for the difference in the money, but. You could just say, like, true. <laughs> yeah, no, it is true. Yeah, depending on the airline, wow. they can. I did some research into it. So I don't know. Do your, do your own research. But I've definitely done that before. Nice. Well, on the heels of this, I'll let you start this one, Diego. Mistake number seven is traveling too quickly. Talk to us about that one. Yeah, it feels really close and personal right now. <laughs> I, so this last year, I've kind of decided to slow everything down. Well, actually, I've, I've decided that about three years ago, and it's taken me until this last year to manage to do it. Yeah, I hear this from you every year, Diego. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how we do this year. So 2023 is the year of slowing down, right, guys? I've said it on the podcast now. It's recorded, so I'm going to have to stick to it. But yeah, the, the point is, even even as a, as a first-time nomad, I, I met so many people who they're, they're hopping onto their first trips with us. And yeah, and, and everybody just thinks that it's all about seeing the world as quickly as possible. And yeah, I, I guess we're kind of overcompensating for the fact that we've not seen so much of the world when we were younger and we suddenly want to see so much, right? And people end up, you know, being a week here, two weeks there, another three weeks there, maybe then back to another hopping around here. And after you've done that for a few months, you just get, it, it gets, even that part gets so so draining, right? And you start to just, you, you use up your energy. And so I kind of like to think about this whole lifestyle a little bit more as a, it's a bit, bit of a marathon rather than a, rather than a sprint. And you get the most out of it also in terms of just your local experience, your ability to, to truly explore the culture and all of the other stuff. When you stay there, when you stay there for a little bit longer and, and just, you know, sit and absorb what it's all, what it's all about, that's when you get to truly feel that you are living in a different place and not just that you're a tourist kind of passing through a city trying to get sort of the quick the quick photos and the quick things that you have to you know check off that bucket list locally. So yeah, that's my my personal opinion, but I've seen it over and over and over again. Not sure if there's anything else that you guys wanted to add to that. No, I think that's great. Let's go to number eight. I'll kick it off to Jeff to start. What's so number eight is making budgeting mistakes as digital nomad. Jeff, what do you have to say about this one? Yeah, a, a lot of people, like when they're in the, at least for me and other people I've met, when they're in their, their phase of fantasizing about becoming a digital nomad, you've got your mind on Western Europe. Like you got Paris and England and Spain and beaches in mind. And well, depending on the beach, it, it can be okay. But a, a lot of times these places can be pretty expensive. And if you start getting into like nice hotels and resorts, really, really expensive. So it's it's important to take a look at the cost of living there. Take a look at like how much it's going to cost for accommodations and then how much it's going to cost for just day-to-day stuff, you know, like your, your food and your restaurants, that kind of stuff. Because you'll find that if you just go and bomb off to, I'm, I'm out of here, I'm going to Western Europe... You're going to run out of money really, really quickly, especially if you go to like France or if you go to the UK or go to Ireland, especially it's you're immediately going to run out of money. We we created a list of the cheapest places to live according to Numbio.com, which does is it does average cost of living across like a bunch of different categories. We've talked about it before. We've got that on our website. I'll link to it afterwards. We've got the top places to live in, I think, Latin America. We've got... Um, in Europe, I think we've got in North America, and then maybe maybe one more. I'm gonna have to double check it again. But yeah, just don't run out of money. I've done that before. The first time I traveled to Europe, I actually ran out of money and I broke into my student like book funds. I think I stole from a textbook. 
I think I stole textbook money from myself in order to get home. Um, don't be like me. <laughs> Anybody else have any? <laughs> it, has it ever happened to any of you guys? Or are you much, much more responsible than I am? Can't say that's happened to me. <laughs> but I will say, I always see on Digital Nomad Facebook groups, I, I'm part of so many of them just to keep you know, tabs on what's going on in the digital nomad world. And there's so many people are like, how can I live for a thousand dollars per month and no more 2000. So really just know your own budget. You might have $10,000 to spend and you might want to go live in Paris for the whole time. I would say, you know, there's nowhere off limits. Just yeah. Be mindful of what you want to pay and where you want to go. And it's pretty easy to do some research to just see like, you know, what is it going to cost you to live there and flights and all of that. So just, yeah, be mindful of, of what your own budget is and, and travel accordingly, I would say. And with that, Diego, unless you have anything, should we head on to number nine? Let's do it. So that's planning too far in All advance. Right. Yeah, that is it. It ties nicely into what we were talking about before with the with the flights back and forth. But I think there's another layer to this, and we've seen it done a lot. All of our friends do it. We do it every now and then as well. And where we have all these, you know, we we know okay, and then I'm going to fly to this next destination, and then I'm going to spend three weeks over there, and then I'm going to be here for a month, and then, and what happens is that you kind of lock yourself in to this thing that you thought you wanted before you went anywhere and you don't leave any space for life to happen, right? For serendipity to happen. You to get to meet some people and just be able to say, oh my God, these people are incredible. Don't really care where we're going. I know it's going to be a hell of an adventure. Why don't I just take this journey on with these people who are my, inviting me to go to this other place? And and I feel like a lot of the the most amazing travel experiences come exactly from this idea of being able to allow yourself to just go with the flow, right? It's kind of that that flow of a traveler. It's almost as a digital nomad, I feel like you're somewhere between, yeah, you're somewhere between a, a backpacker and, and an expat. The backpacker it is just 100% go with the flow, right? And the expat is living in, in places a little bit more, it's planning a little bit more, and there's obviously the whole professional um, element to that. But yeah, as a digital nomad, you can kind of walk that line really nicely and you get to you get to do a bit of both when it feels right. Yeah, I think you guys have actually done a lot more of that, huh? Because I've kind of been, the last seven years, I've been traveling with the, with the community and, and really month by month, but you guys kind of had the chance to, to go, go off into the world a little more. Yeah, you gave me goosebumps, Diego, when you were saying, like, it almost doesn't matter. So you'll, you'll learn it doesn't really matter where you go when you meet the right people who you just want to travel with. And you could be in, you know, the quote, worst place or somewhere you never thought you wanted Bucharest. to go. And you'll be so much happier there. I what is that, Jeff? Bucharest? What did you say? Even Bucharest? Even Bucharest? Bucharest, exactly. I went to Bucharest, Romania to meet up with Jeff and friends. <laughs> I'm still questionably deciding if I should have followed, followed you guys there. So am I joking? But I was happy to see you guys, right? And of course it was worth it. Really it really is. Of course. <laughs> it was so worth it. It was so worth it. I never would have ended up there otherwise. But that's the whole point. I was I was in Bulgaria because I went to met, meet friends there and I didn't you know, book any sort of return travel. And then we had a bunch, you know, Jeff was nearby in Romania, going there with some friends. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go there. Sure, why not? I didn't know he was going to be there before you know I booked that flight. So it really is fun to go with the flow. And I've had so many amazing travel experiences where you'll just end up in a place and meet people. And I'm so glad. I'm like, well, I got nothing next. So you know, where are we flowing to? And it really just like, that is where honestly, the magic happens. And again, it's not intuitive to most people's travel style because when you only have a week or two of vacation, it's like, this is where I'm going. This is what I want to get done because they only have this much time. And when you're a nomad, you have you know all the time in the world, theoretically. So it's really fun 
just to, you know, not plan, don't say, you know, here's my next plans for the next six months, even though every part of you might want to let, let yourself open to the magic of, of just kind of flowing with people you meet. And it's so fun. Okay. That wraps us up. I'd have got nothing else to add to that because I can't book more than three weeks in advance. It terrifies me. Like I, me too. <laughs> I just hitting that book flight button. Three just, days ugh, scares me. Ugh. God, it's it's like it's like watching Damn, a cliffhanger scary. movie and like my palms start sweating. This is awful. Can't do it. Yes. So we made it, folks, we made it halfway through our list. We've got a list of eighteen of these. So we're gonna we're actually gonna break this one into two segments. We'll do another one upcoming, not quite sure when, but we've got a good another nine mistakes to avoid in the meantime make sure you go to beachcommute.com backslash email get on our email list we send out this podcast every week but we also send out two remote jobs every single week so you'll get access to these exclusive jobs that are very hard to find that are specifically targeted for people who want to be remote workers so make sure you get access to else did i miss guys nope sounds great Okay, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we will see you again next week. Bye.